think of his grace and his mercy And oh yeah, how he loves me All I can do is thank him for blessing me He shows me from the hurt and the pain A touch from him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank him for saving me I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into this sin, but he decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night. Because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised. But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive, I rose up from the dead survive. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right, everybody, I want to thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to join you all for another session. Man, this month has already kicked off with a bang. We are doing the Proverbs 31 Women in Leadership, and what better way to do that than a history-making servant leader that we have today. Today, we have Miss Tiffany Green with us. You know, it gets a little, you know, a little homegrown on this one because I'm down here in Tallahassee, Florida, and she is, for all my Rattler listeners, a FAMU alumna. She is also a ESPN play-by-play commentator. She's a wife, she's a mother, and she's a servant leader. So I'm super glad to have her on today. I know this conversation is going to help so many. I thank you for your time. As I tell people all the time, time is that one thing in life that once it's given, I can't give that back to you. So I thank you for it because I know it's very limited in your element. So I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners and we'll get this conversation started. What's good, everyone? And thank you so much for having me on. My name is Tiffany Green. As you mentioned, uh, you ran through uh, what I do, but the woman that I am, the woman of God um, that I've been called to be is one who uh, has been given a great platform, an opportunity to share uh, God's love and his purpose for our life. And hopefully uh, I'm a gateway or conduit or an introduction or witness uh, to what he has for me. So I, I'm, I'm delighted to chop it up with you. Let's go, go, go. Come on. Go. I love that. And you know, I think the biggest piece, and I tell people this all the time, you know, I don't, don't, don't let the little caricature in the back fool you. This has nothing to do with me. And I think the most amazing piece, like I was telling you, we got on is when you have these individuals, there's going to be somebody saying, wait, I saw her calling the, the celebration bowl. Wait, I saw her calling the Louisville game the other day. And it's been the most helpful portion to, as I always say, mainstreaming and infiltrating this world with God's grace is watching these familiar faces say, Hey, listen, I'm just a vessel use me how you will use me as you know and so of course to get this conversation started talk talk to me a little bit about your faith journey you know some people you know like me I was a little girl you know you went to church and it was and then of course naturally as my mom would say when I clip my wings you're gonna be able to fly but you got to find them for yourself and some people got it later in life but can you talk to us a little bit about your Christian journey how'd you know them and how'd you know them for yourself as my grandma would say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I got a chance to know him much like you did growing up in the church and, and being involved in the YPD, you know, program and the choir and, you know, doing all of those things, which I think actually were great um, platforms to help me for where I am now. But at 16 years old, I invited Christ into my life and I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And it was through um, just, I think, a number of visits with my cousins in, um, what were they, Virginia, 
And we would always go to these like church camps. And I'm like, yo, y'all are like holy rollers up in this piece. Like, I know, I know the Lord, but um, the way y'all know, y'all in there. Like, a little, <laughs> little different, like a little bit more intense. And um, like, we couldn't listen to secular music in the car, but these were cousins that I like looked up to. And after a few summers, um, this one cousin in particular, Carmen Jones, I was in her apartment in Virginia, I think it was Arlington, Virginia, and I went into the room and I was always curious about or like, how does she have, how does she have this like great faith? And why did she want to live like that? And it wasn't that I didn't get those things answered or modeled at home, but sometimes you have to go outside um, of your familiar surroundings to see others. And I invited Christ uh, into my life and it was the best thing that I'd ever done, but I wasn't sure then what else that meant or what it looked like. Um, so I had my, you know, my purity ring, I would watch videos, I had my teenage Bible, and, and I was just kind of going through this um, entire process. And I think that was a great um, foundation along with that, with which was established with my parents and growing up that helped me through college because I was really intent on trying to live out what, what God would want from me in college. And uh, so I was probably more, I was cool. I was kind of probably square in comparison to, you know, maybe some of what, you know, my other friends and classmates and peers may have been doing. And then I believe when I got out on my own, my first job was in Savannah, Georgia as a uh, one-man band television reporter. And I was looking or searching for kind of that what's next, like what Lord do I do next? I've kind of gone through what I felt like some formality things, but how do I have this thing called a relationship with you? And obviously when you are um, challenged financially, or challenged uh, emotionally where I'm alone, I'm kind of like new in a foreign land. Uh, what is this space? Who can I rely on or call on and not just be, you know, hearkening back to my parents? Um, I decided to, to take that greater step um, in Savannah, Georgia and joined a church and, and really um, got some good Bible teaching there uh, that helped me uh, strengthen the foundation that I'd already had. Probably a, a really long answer to your question, but um, everyone has their, their process. And so it's taken me years and I'm still growing and learning and on a journey. My husband and I just became um, deacon and deaconess in our church. And, and someone asked, <laughs> thank you. And someone asked like, well, how does it feel to be a deaconess? And I was just like, <laughs> well, I can tell you that <laughs> I didn't think I was the picture of a deaconess, right? Uh -huh. um, based on what I was used to seeing in church in terms of maybe age. Yeah. Um, but I know that it's not just in support of my husband that God too was calling me um, in my own way. And I always have asked like, God, you know, I, want, I want a greater platform. I want a greater platform, but that platform is no good being greater if I don't share um, his love, his glory, his, it's for him. It's not for me. I think that is the best way to answer. I, I feel, you know, wasn't long-winded at all. I 
made sense, right? Because so often we forget that. One of the things I say all the time is, what does it matter the position if we forget who positioned us there, right? And so when he gives us these platforms, as you mentioned, when he gives us these titles, when he gives us this elevation, right? He's also paying attention to what we're doing, right? It had nothing to do with my own, like Kier Sheer says, not by might, by my, not by power, but by his spirit, by his spirit. So I laughed at you with the deacon and deaconess because my godmother, she listens and she's on here. And the same thing happened when my godfather became a deacon, you know, rightfully so. My pastor was like, okay, yes, and we need to pull you to be a deaconess. And it was like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Like, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. And there are age requirement to this thing, right? right. I think you said it best. Like, you know, I think that that's the portion. We were talking the other night, um, with our first um, Proverbs 31 leader, uh, Coach Patty Medina, shout out to her. She did amazing. And she was just saying the same thing. The picture of what the Christian looks like is what confuses many who don't know him, right? What does it look like? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say? And when we can mainstream this thing, right? And it's like, Tiffany Green's a deaconess? What? What is this? I think that that is what starts to change the picture. Why? Because it's our walk. And I think put it the best way. It's in our walk. And how can I show his love? What better way than in my walk? I love that. And I walk though. You are, of course, nationally. Every time we turn on the TV, my TV stays on ESPN or the Food Network. Okay, <laughs> everybody knows me. That's a, and it's to the place now where Ham is the same way. I swear she remembered the noises from when she was in the womb because Homegirl is locked in, like she knows, right? <laughs> of course, if anybody who is anybody watches any parts of sports, they've seen you, right? They've heard you. And so that being said, understanding that the professional realm. Does not every the, the the conversation and thought process is because I'm a Christian, everyone is. That's just not right from so that doesn't have a way. So within your professional walk, right? Servant leaders and Proverbs 31 women, they walk the walk in all aspects of their lives. Talk a little bit about how you make decisions, how you walk in your professional life when sometimes you know the decisions you have to make or the decisions that are made for you don't align with your beliefs. Right. Well, it's interesting. I literally was just having a conversation as I was considering some new representation. And I'd kind of gone through this process of trying to figure out how I could, you know, take those next steps in my career and who could help get me there. And I had a conversation with someone in their team and I put out there very bluntly, like, you know, faith and family are very important to me. And in moments of talking to me, you typically will find that out. So I said, hey, I'm gonna pray about this and kind of figure it out. Well, it's not often that you can talk like that and people will be receptive to it or you're unsure. And what was immediate to me was the response that they had, which was, I'm a woman of faith too. I understand exactly what you're talking about. You take your time, you sift through it, and you can figure out for yourself, you know, if this is a a good fit for you or not. And I was just like, thank you. You know, like there was an unabashed feeling in in saying just something as simple as that. And so I, I, because they were like, well, what, what, what are your plans? And I was like, honey, the man upstairs be like, plans, what? Come on now. Nah. <laughs> right. nah, 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 nah. So it's no point. I'm not, I'm not saying there's no point for me, but like, I don't try to forecast where I'll be 10 years from now. There are things that I would love to achieve, 
but we all know God and plans and what he thinks of them sometimes. Uh, he can laugh at them because he has something greater for us. Uh, and he's already ordained our steps. So it may not look like what we anticipate. And as soon as I hung up the phone and was trying to figure out the direction, I had an immediate peace in my spirit. And I was just like, hmm, that's who I want. Because I can have those conversations. We, if, if we can baseline there, we can go anywhere. We can go anywhere, but we got to know where the foundation is. And I had not had that before. So I felt like, and I, and I wrote this in the email. Hi, I have a piece in my spirit about you representing me. And I feel like you and your team are the people that were going to help lead me to where God has me to go next. Y'all don't know me no different than I know you guys. I mean, this is our first interaction. And so it's decisions like that. Or you can say your piece. I feel like I should be here. I, I want to be doing this. Or why did you overlook me for that? And, and when you answer whatever your response is, and it may not necessarily be in my favor. Mm -hmm. I also, you know, am settled in knowing that I don't answer to you, right? God is who is orchestrating all of this and laying out this roadmap for me. So when I'm challenged with situations um, where, you know, it's, it's how we talk about a player or, you know, some different background situations or whether we should bring things up in a broadcast, I'm using what I feel is what some people will call their gut, the Holy Spirit, hey, Lord, Holy Spirit, help guide me. What, I, what should I say here? How should I respond? Because there's sometimes that I really want to <laughs> respond in the natural. And, and that ain't always when people doubt you or 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 throw shade or or are sexist or racist all that kind of stuff you tend to want to respond naturally mm -hmm. and I do try to take a step back and say Holy Spirit I don't like confrontation anyway and if I do say something it's probably not going to be becoming of myself my family or the Lord so let me take a step back and Holy Spirit guide me into what you want me to say as something is being said to me uh, I, I try to practice that as best as possible. And I try to model who, who I know Christ to be and who he wants us to be. Mm -hmm. And so I, I attempt to operate in love and in understanding. Um, but I'm also clear about the things that are important and are of value. I think that's amazing. So many targets in there that in all walks of life we find I was laughing the other day I was telling someone I was like you know it just seems like the more the path you try to go on the more you try to be like him you know like I can hear a deacon saying I just want to be just like him um then someone comes to try to try you as you said they want to take your left and you look at why the other day I was doing something and somebody just tried to take me left and I'm like why do we want to do this but I was saying this the other night as well. What has helped me is I have to remember that even in those moments, you said it best. I want to model him, mm -hmm. to model him. And so Christine Kane says it all the time. Anybody that listens to the podcast know I love her. And she says, sometimes we're the only love letter that people will read of Christ when they read you 
what does it say? And we don't recognize this, but so often when people are trying to, you know, find Christ, they may have been hurt by the church. And so they, they mix that up, right? Because when we're hurt by church or things or church people, we sometimes mix that up with Christ. And so whatever the infraction, they're trying to make their way back. And if we run it, if they run into you and trying to make their way back, will they come back is the question. And so I think you said it best with, I have to model him, right? I, I, we're supposed to be, we're made in his image, right? So that be something you know people tell me ham looks like me i look like my mom we're made in those images so if that is the case there has to be something that i do or say or look like that reminds me that i'm his child so i think that was perfectly written i know it gets hard i'm sure sometimes in rooms and studios and things it gets really hard but i think you said it best in all platforms and all professional realms we have to remember who we are and, and and bigger than that we have to remember whose we are who's we are that's right Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> now Ooh, you know <laughs> that's what helps keep you grounded. Come right? on, yes, like, yes. If, if, yes. If you don't have that to, to to fall back on, to rely on, to to and have power in that, mm-hmm. huh, huh, you can you can go a lot of different ways. And I've seen it go a lot of yes. different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just you just try to. Lord, steer me back to the center <laughs> and steer me back to what it is you're trying to show me That's right. in this situation and how I can learn and be used in this situation. Because sometimes we know for sure that when we're placed in odd spots or in challenging spots, it's not for you. You yeah. know, it oftentimes oh can be for others around I'm you on. they need to see you in action. Come on, come on. He he lays it right. I tell people this. I think sometimes we don't recognize um, truly the word in action, right? And so, I, what I often tell people when they say, "Well, how are you so calm when you know what he did or you know what she did?" and I was like, "I'm not ignoring it. I very well see it, right? But you don't recognize the power when he says he lays and prepares the table before me." in the presence of my enemies, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing. Imagine that. I think I'm a visual person. Imagine that. He's going to lay and prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Why? Because he's been there, right? It was the biggest meme I've ever seen as we're approaching in the next month, um, Resurrection Sunday. And it said, many of us, people ask you, if you had 24 hours to live, how would you spend it, right? And most people say, oh, I'm going to eat here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I will go and spend it with my family, right? And they said, but Jesus knew he had 24 hours to live and he chose to wash feet. And that was the most powerful thing I'd ever seen or heard in my life. You knew that everyone around you was not right for you, didn't have the right, you know, positive outcome sometimes for you, had bad intentions for you. You knew that. And even still, you chose to be a foot washer. You chose to serve those that may not have your best interests at heart. But in that, hold still, let me fight your battles and I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. If you show my glory, I'm gonna let you be glorified in the midst of these people. And I think that's huge what you just said. You, you, you over here gonna preach now. Wait a minute now. Look, it be, it be y'all. I be telling y'all, it be y'all. Y'all do this. I be calm and then y'all strike a nerve. Y'all strike a nerve. <laughs> so, I'm setting off here. Hold on now. I love that. And then speaking of the, the table, right? And speaking of his image, right? And this being March, 
uh, Women's History Month. What better way to talk? Because we're going to talk about this for a second. I mean, being that I am a coach and uh, a mentee, um, just all these good things. We're going to talk a little bit is Women's History Month. We're going to talk about image as well. We're going to talk about his glory and glorifying. You made history, right? And of course, nationally, majority servant leaders don't like when people praise them. But I'm going to boast this one for a second. We're going to talk about this. He glorified you in a way to make history as the first African-American woman to do play-by-play for college football on ESPN. Like, that's huge. I want you to talk a little bit about, and this is kind of twofold, what that meant, right? And I know in that time and now it meant something. I mean, the sentiments were probably a bit different from then and now. But what that meant to recognize that, you know, because I'm pretty sure when they gave you that assignment, you didn't really see that, right? Now, later, it's like, wow, talk about that, just that position that it holds, that weight that that holds and what that means for you. But also talk about the preparation. They talk about faith without works is dead, right? Talk about the preparation that it took to get you to that place for somebody to entrust you with such a task. I'll go uh, with that second question first and then work backward. You may have to remind me of the first question again, but I got the idea that the preparation. So um, I started when I was, I, I always knew that I wanted to be a sportscaster, right? And wanted to be connected to sports. I didn't get a chance to play basketball in college like I had intended. I got a bowling scholarship. People laugh at me all the time, but my folks wouldn't allow me to play at the college level. When I was at FAMU, I had the opportunity to just do a little bit of everything. And so I did play-by-play. I was a sports director for the radio station. I did all that. So that was preparation for, in 2002, took a trip to Howard University. It was a job fair. That was my first introduction to meeting someone at ESPN. And I built a relationship with ESPN from that time until 2012. In the interim, I graduated and I worked in local television for about 10 years. And so I was what I considered paying my dues, learning how to do everything in the newsroom and really wetting uh, or getting my feet wet and, and down and dirty into Um, just the television world, building thicker skin, uh, building my trust and faith, right? Because there were situations where I felt overlooked or I was ready to move on, but God was like, you need to stay here a little bit longer and sit in this and be patient and know that I am God. And thank God that he, you know, um, prepared that table for me, not in the presence of my enemy, but like he, he laid that out before me, but that I listened which I felt was important too. And I got to ESPN in 2012 as a sideline reporter. And I did that for a few years, but I said, hey, but my skill set is greater and I want to break into play-by-play. Will you give me that opportunity? So I started doing it for Olympic sports in 2015. And then here and there, they would give me like a college football assignment on ESPN plus and it would, you know, kind of be, you wouldn't, it wouldn't register on your radar, perhaps, unless you were a fan of those teams. So in 20, I want to say 17, 18, my numbers are now, or my years are a little jumbled up because of COVID. But um, then I get this platform to call 
this college football game, it was Alcorn State versus um, Alabama State. And I just didn't want to screw up. I just didn't want to mess up because I knew that God had built me towards this opportunity and I felt like I was working towards this opportunity. I just wanted to do right. I just wanted to be right as best as I could. And um, I, I knew that there would be a greater significance later, but I, I probably didn't expect kind of the fanfare that came um, afterward to say, hey, you, you know, you're a history maker or you're a trailblazer. I just wanted to do well enough where they would give me a chance to do it again and that the door would be open a little bit wider so that, you know, other women could come behind me and other men and, and but, but of color, black men and women could come behind me and uh, do greater and better. And um, so the, the, the significance is definitely not lost on me, but I also say to myself, wow, it took all this time to get to this point. And now I'm happy to see that there is, you know, a trend and there are a number of things that have played into kind of this awakening uh, as a country because of our social reckoning as a country that it's kind of been this perfect storm and and God has placed me you know in kind of like the middle of it um, to help bring bring more eyes or or opportunities I, I don't know how to say it, but I know it wasn't for me. My, my goal wasn't to like be the history maker. My goal was to say, hey, there are talented black women or women of color who can call these sports, who can sit in these chairs, who should be, who, who does, I don't wanna say deserve, who have earned an opportunity to be there. Take a chance on them like you have taken a chance on me because my goal is to always keep the door open, keep the door open so that more can come. So it's not this big thing that it is a, it's a normal part of your broadcast. Um, and that's not to say that you, that, dull, that dulls the significance, but the greater part in it is that there is room at the table for a lot of people of color, women of color to eat and we can do this, give us the chance. Um, and then I think your first question was, remind me again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. And it's funny because you kind of wrapped all of them in there, but really with faith without works being dead, is mm -hmm. we definitely know and that we should utilize. You know, what does that look like that when you just mentioned that, you know, that your goal is to keep the door open, how do you stay polished? Like what what, how important is it to you to fine tune, you know, some people feel like I've arrived, I'm good, I'm done. Mm -mm. But how do you make sure that you put that work in along with your faith so that he can continue to lay the table out before you? I give a, a lot of credit to my husband for this. And it wasn't that I wasn't a hard worker before. I'm, I believe that you till the soil and you reap a harvest. I'm a firm believer of that. So I felt like I've put in work and I've done what I've needed to do and I kept my head down and I tried to hone my craft and do all those things. But uh, my husband would say, well, you know, God has gifted you with a talent and it's gotten you to this point. And that's great. And I'm not saying you didn't work hard, but there is a, another level 
that you can go. And your preparation needs to look different. Like you need to go in the way that you go in and trying to plan these trips for your friends and, you know, going <laughs> here and there. You need to put that same type of energy <laughs> into your broadcast and don't, don't, you know, shortchange it. Really kind of uh, engulf yourself in this process of preparation. Thankful for him of challenging me in that way, right? Because he, he, he reminds me all the time that he, while he is a great cheerleader and supporter, he wants to push, help push me further. And I'm thankful for that. I need him in my life for that because it changed. It changed. I think I was saying to someone else, another reporter about two and a half years ago, I kind of really adopted that mindset. And so that means I'm waking up earlier in the morning because I got two littles or I'm staying up late at night um, or I'm trying to, I know I'm on my phone. So let me read something. Let me give myself some notes all in the process. And throughout the day, I'm consuming sports or information that's going to help me towards the games that I'm calling or just to stay abreast of what's going on. And feeling prepared going into the broadcast. We oftentimes as broadcasters over prepare, but man, that's such a good feeling as compared to, I've been on the other side where I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna kind of go in, not be as prepared. And then something comes up and you're like, oh snap. Like, what do I do now? When I'm prepared, there is a confidence that I can go into a broadcast with um, that I know that I can go this way or I can go that way or we could talk about this or we could circle back around with that. You kind of try to have a you know, plan in place um, but still be fluid at the same time. So I hope I'm answering that question in that regard, but preparation is key to what I do. And I'd like, for instance, preparing for the SIAC tournament that is Saturday, and then we're in Champ Week, so it's the American, and my eyes are closed. You can't see this as a podcast. That's the calendar. It's the visual calendar. I see it. <laughs> but it's the visual calendar, and I'm seeing it because I'm like, okay, I'm in Rock Hill, South Carolina, Friday for Saturday's championship, and I get on the plane Sunday, and then I have the American championship from Monday um, to Thursday is the, the title game. And then I go to come back home, and then I have softball. Um, a three-game series. So it's just like a gauntlet. And this is that time of year when the sports are intersecting. And if I don't prepare myself in advance, I'm working from the softball game back. So that helps me feel comfortable that by the time I get to softball, I will have already done enough with my framework that I can just fill in parts and pieces here and there. And then, of course, the more immediate, which is like a cram, I kind of say, is preparing for the SIAC um, championship. So preparation is, is, is key. The sponsor for this episode is Hydronique Hydration Electrolyte Powder Drink Packets. It started in the midst of a pandemic. The founder of Hydronique Hydration, a frontline healthcare worker, started developing constant headaches due to the constant wearing of PPE, research showed. The founder looked for a healthy drink with all the necessary vitamins and minerals, but with no sugar, something that was keto-friendly and healthy. But most powdered drinks on the market have a ton of sugar and caffeine. That's why he created Hydronique Hydration. It's sugar-free, keto-friendly, 
plant-based, antioxidant-rich electrolyte powder packets for daily use. It contains all the essential vitamins and minerals with a refreshing taste. There's products that contain edelberry, which has immune-boosting properties for support during cold and flu season. So if you are having trouble with eating and drinking healthy during your busy day in 2022, but you want a sugar-free, keto-friendly vitamin drink, give Hydronic Hydration a try. There are 30 electrolyte powder packets in a pouch, perfect for a one-month supply. You can visit the website www.hydronikehydration.com. That's www.hydronikehydration.com. It's the words hydration and unique matched together. Or you can search for Hydronique Hydration on Amazon.com, where they are offering a discount coupon at checkout for the next week. You can find the links in my bio. Go now and get yours today. Hydronique Hydration. And I think it's so funny because everything that you said in there, right? There were so many things aligning. I told you, y'all do this. Y'all do it, right? And so shout out to your husband, right? I mean... I think it's that portion of us that has education in our background and our foundation that gives us the, you know, being prepared speech to everyone. But I feel also that everything that you said in preparation for your craft, isn't that the same though in our walk with Christ? Like you said, he told me when, of course, I reached new levels, right? When I, there's levels to this, as the song says, right? That actually my preparation had to be different. Well, isn't it funny how when God wants to take us to a new height and new level, he tells us as his children with tests and trials and obstacles that the preparation must be different, right? And of course, naturally, when we find ourselves walking through that preparation, we see it as pain, right? We don't see it as the progression push. And so then you move and you, you mentioned the fact that when I prepare, if I don't prepare, right, I'm blindsided. If I don't prepare, I'm blindsided. I think I got this. I got comfortable. And just in the moment that I don't prepare, right, that moment I don't study my word that moment where I stopped doing my devotions, that moment where I stopped going to church for a minute because I was tired. And, and then that's when that storm comes and blindsides me and I'm not prepared for how to handle it because I've been off my rocker. My faith, my faith muscle hadn't been worked out long enough, right? And so then you wrap that thing up by saying that in the day that when I am trying to fill in, if I'm overprepared and I'm trying to just work my way back, that's how God works. It doesn't mean, we were talking about this other night, it doesn't mean that the tests and trials don't come. What it simply means is I'm a little bit more battle tested and ready to be on the front line, right? And so in speaking of that, those storms do come though. I don't care who you are. I don't care how high you go. I don't care who you know, right? Because <laughs> here's the thing, I don't care who you know, no one's greater than him and you're going to be tested and tried. I don't care who you are. And in order to not be blindsided, I was always raised this way. My grandparents, my mom, they are, look, you got to know for yourself. That was one. But you got to keep a scripture in your heart, right? Mm -hmm. Sit there so that I'm not trying to scramble and find, right? I'm already ready for battle. So those hard moments do come when you get weary. Like you said, those schedules do begin to overlap. You got little ones, your wife. You go into this tournament, then you get back on a plane and go there. You do get weary. What are some of those scriptures that you keep nestled in here that when you kind of get off balance or when things kind of aren't going right, or even when you get blindsided, can bring that to balance? Uh, my favorite, my go-to is Colossians 3.23. 
Come Whatever on, you do, do it with all your heart as for working for the Lord and not for men. Like that right there sets me up, sets me off every single time. It doesn't disappoint. And it reminds me that in the process of things not maybe turning out the way that I anticipated or going my way, that I am not doing this for anybody here on earth. That's not the purpose. That's not, that's not why we're doing this. And so it steadies me and it gives me comfort because it allows me to know that if I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart and leaning not on my own understanding, I'm going to acknowledge like, then that's how word becomes power and into, into play, into real life. I've got to use those as tools. Um, I think <laughs> my husband said this to me when we were talking about kind of what we felt like were next steps. I think he, my husband, Aaron, is, is a wonderful leader. And I have always admired his, he, he, he's going to sit there and he's going to be able to quote you every, you know, a lot of verses and tell the stories and all that kind of stuff. I will say I'm a more generalist, right? So I take the concept, I'm the macro, you know, he's the micro sometimes, well, you can be both, but, um, and we were going through this next phase of life and like, what does that look like? And he said, Tiffany, you know, we heard all our life about, uh, was it, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you hear over and over and over. And he was like, okay. But he was like, no, Tiffany, like, think about it. Like, all, all things. So when you talk about how do you have work-life balance, how, um, you know, can you how can we improve and build our community? How can we remain active members of our church? How can we maintain our careers? How can we have family? All that kind of stuff and, and involved in civic organizations or whatever. How, how does that look? Because it feels daunting sometimes. Said, well, you, you, you just, you do all things through through him so you, you got to go through the source in order to to for for him to manifest what it is that he has you to do um I, and, and i was just like like we sat there and like broke that down i was like and i would come back to him like days after i was like hey all he's like t all i was like i don't i don't know why it felt so simplistic but i felt like a child like in amazement or astonishment listening to something that I had heard my entire life but the way that it hit at seven as opposed to 17 as compared to 37 or whatever is different it was just different and I repeated it just for repetition's sake that's what you were supposed to do that's what you heard all the time but I actually digested that mm -hmm. and it just meant more just meant more. And then I think, uh, was it Philippians um, 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to the Lord. Mm -hmm. That too, um, 
because I, I tend to want to get ahead of myself. Okay. Tend to want to get ahead of myself. And especially when I was in what I felt like the building part of my career was, and I just want to race to this space and be this personality and be seen and all the kind of stuff. Be like, whoa, whoa, chill, bro. <laughs> okay fall back for a second and, and, and let's work this thing out because i i need to sharpen you you know yeah. i i need to pre- i need to prepare you in a way but you have to have your faith muscles strengthened mm-hmm. uh before i can put you in this next position or do this next thing that's perfect and i think sometimes you're right we say those scriptures from such a young age to memory. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it does. It's, it's just like, you know, in teaching. And it's sometimes when you mentor people probably that's new to the broadcasting game, like 20,000 people could have told them, but it's just something about when you say it, right? It's something about that light bulb. It's like, wait a minute, it's now relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes so much sense now. Or as my pastor would say, if 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 you haven't been through anything, keep waking up and saying good morning. Because <laughs> sometimes good morning, you know, pastor walking down here in Tallahassee. It's sometimes, you know, you may not have gone through something or as some people heard it, if it hadn't been any rain in your life, wait a while. Mm-hmm. You know, scriptures truly start to take on a whole new meeting. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> go, 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 through, go through go through whatever whatever it is and it doesn't have to be like this life-altering life-changing or devastating situation it could be just like you know everyday stuff the the fear of at receiving what you ask for come on Woo. <laughs> like wait a minute hold come on, on. do Wait a minute, I'm supposed to get this. Wait a minute, I asked for it, but I don't know if I'm fully prepared to pretend yeah. everything that's coming with this. This feels new and uh, is, I'm nervous and you know all this kind of stuff. Again, falling back on his word to say or, or, or to remind yourself and your spirit of, 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 yes, this is what I have for you. Be like, man, you, you really for my good? Really for my good? Yeah, no, straight up. I want to. I want to have everything work together for your good, even when it looks cloudy. I want to still wrap this thing up, and it's going to end up being a sunny day at the end of it all. What? That's so. it. And I tell people, you know, if you pay attention to it, he really did not make this thing complex. We do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You read the scripture. It's, it's funny. I have one right here. My God brother loves it a lot, um, and it says, "I've told you these things." so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. I told you that. What don't you understand about it? <laughs> In this world, this one right here, <laughs> you will, not you may, you might, it depends. You will have trouble. Mm-hmm. You to understand this thing. You hear me? Come in close. Take heart. I have overcome the world. So if I overcame the world, that's everything that's in it, right? Mm-hmm say this is my house and then when I come in do I have to say Tiffany is this your couch is this your fridge so is that yours can I have that no this is my house which means everything within it is mine this is my world everything within it I overcame I got you I just need you to relax mm-hmm. to what you said so often we pray and we ask for things and then we sit that's not it while you tell people the blessing is in the waiting 
But what you do in the interim, from the time you've asked and the time you receive, that right there dictates and determines your weight. People don't get that. Y'all can have that one for free. Okay, I've learned that. When we need it, ding ding, put it down, put the banner and the confetti, blah blah. That waiting period indicated, yes, by him, but I need you to understand. I sit here, I teach your husband would definitely, if he, you know, listens to this when I send it to y'all, you tell him, yes, he can be like, uh huh, because he's taught before he was AP. Okay, and so you know, this typically. When I'm preparing a student for something, how long I teach it, how often I give a quiz or a test, how long I reteach it depends on how you are actually progressing in the new information that I've given you. Right. So I can't give you something else. I can't give you greater. If you, if you have not taken that, if you're not studying, you're not doing anything while I'm teaching, why would I move to something different? You're not ready for that because you haven't handled this. Where we mess that up. Oh, yeah, I wanted this and I prayed and I'm waiting. What are you doing right. while you're waiting? What are you doing in your waiting room? Yeah. I ain't fooling up with you. Today. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't fooling up with you today. I ain't doing it. But, but I mean, I, I, I think that the one, those are two of my favorite that definitely, you know, I think that more than anything, all of us have to make sure that we're anxious for nothing. Mm-hmm. And often when we want what we want, when we want it, we would move and try to move in our own mind. Mm-hmm. I've learned, uh, Coach, I say this all the time, Coach KB, shout out to you. She's at Montreal College. She's coming on later. But if I, I've gotten to the place where if God didn't send it, I don't want it. And if it isn't his time, I'll wait. Right. But that, you know, that takes some doing and some trust and some maturity, some spiritual maturation, but definitely as is, you know, with everything that is on your plate, and of course, ways to be anxious when these blessings are coming. You are mom, you're a wife, right? You're a deaconess. <laughs> <laughs> I know that thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I am. I am. I forgot. <laughs> but of all of these hats and these titles that you wear, of course, naturally, they, you know, embody the Proverbs 31 woman. And in that, right, talk to us and speak a little bit about what it means to you to be a Christian wife, a Christian mother, a Christian, all these attributes, you fill in that blank and what that means that even in the midst of your day, in the midst of your schedule, to be that, to remain that, to stay strong in that. Um, well, in an in, in attempt to, and I, there's, a, there's a balance. Um, that I've, I've found interesting in my life because I sometimes have to, have had to fight being this strong, independent woman who is, you know, assertive and wants to go after this and that and having to remind myself that those things are all well and good and they have their place in space. But um, I also feel like my duty is to, and, and something I don't, I, I want to do. Uh, I want to be virtuous. I want to be, you know, a, a woman of character um, who stands in morals and values. Like those things are important to me. I stand alongside my husband, but I support him. I am thankful 
I'm, and, and, and nowadays, it feels like we're moving further away um, from some of the foundational principles um, as just as a nation um, that I grew up uh, knowing or, or, or believing and experiencing. And so um, I, I, I'm probably going to just kind of go broader here in the sense that I am proud to stand alongside my husband, but I also believe that he is our leader and he should lead us. And so any way that I can support them, I want to model for my sons what being a virtuous or good or pure or clean you know, woman uh, is so that they can look for that in their future. Um, I feel like uh, being humble is a big part of it because sometimes, you know, I feel like the Lord has blessed us with the ability to think and handle and juggle a lot of things all at the same time. And while we may feel as if we know best, and sometimes we do in a lot of situations that you still have to um, just humble yourself and, and know your spots and, and, and picking um, those right times to, to say things, having discernment, right, of, of when and how and where um, to, to say things or do things. So I, I'm probably not tacking on um, maybe everything that's been, you know, outlined in Proverbs 31, but that's kind of what I feel is like my realistic, uh, you know, approach to it um, and how I hope that I'm, you know, modeling that in the process. I think that's exactly what it is. And I think, I think more than anything that it, it, it's it in, in motion. That's been a theme here, modeling in motion, right? Um, I think you've named your episode, but modeling it in motion because so often we talk about it, but we won't be about it. Mm-hmm. It's like that song said, walk it like I talk it. Mm-hmm. And we're in a society now where we can say, but I tell you one thing, these young people, like you and I talked about before we got on here, they're watching, mm-hmm. right? And so often we talk about all oh, this generation, these young people, and I, but I need y'all to understand they're modeling, right? They're, they're repeating what they've watched modeled to them. Right, right. Well, hasn't been so they're trying to run away so much of what you said is exactly in proverbs 31 as a wife and as a mother and that key piece that you said there i i am i am in standing firm and allowing my sons to watch what a virtuous woman is when it's time for them to find who can find a virtuous woman okay that's what the words say that they're not in question marks and so that, of course, naturally, yes, is tenfold exactly what, you know, I'm asking. And I think it's amazing because sometimes our careers can stand in the way that, you know, sometimes we can, because as you said, the world's a bit different. We can, you know, I am independent. I am, you know, and we forget that part. But I tell people often that even with the world changing and the dynamic of your own personal relationship change, that portion right there that you just 
said, I, yes, my husband is our leader. I'll stand by him, but he's the leader. And this is what my intent is as a wife. This is my intent is as a mother. This is what my intentions are in the professional realm. And trust, you're modeling because I see it. Other people see it. And it, I mean, it's not even you trying to boast to do it. You're walking in how he asked you to walk. And trust me, that's what the light to shine. Because I'm not a funny, I'm in the communications business. Right? <laughs> and my job is to talk for a living. But I don't want to provide a lot of, I already provide air. Yeah. I don't want to provide unnecessary hot air if I'm not doing it. And, yeah. it, and, and I, I'm not a boastful person. So mm -hmm. I really kind of like to kind of just like do my own thing and like go yeah. on the radar and just like be there, you know, bring joy to a situation or smile yeah. to someone's face. That's the best, one of the best everyday superpowers that every one of us has to disarm someone who may, you know, not be feeling us or to help brighten someone's day. Like it's in the very simple things, the very little things that you do that opens the door. If my smile opens the door for us to be able to have a conversation and you'd be willing to receive what I'm saying. And I don't, um, and I, I, I might get in trouble for saying this, but it's like, um, I'm probably not going to shove like, you know, a lot of scripture down your throat, right? Like I told you before, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm the, but I'm going to see you respect you, mm -hmm. treat you the way that God would want me to treat you. And in the mm -hmm. process, perhaps I'm going to be able to impart something um, where I'm going to share with my personal experience and my relationship with Christ, how it's mm -hmm. helped me. And that's my approach. And perhaps it can help you or mm -hmm. at least trigger right. or, or spark um the strengthening of your relationship the introduction of your relationship with Christ um in any way possible and i am happy to always pray for you okay mm -hmm. and um if that's all i'm there to do then i'll do that if you uh if there is room or opportunity to do to do more i stand willing to do that as well but I just asked the Lord to lead me like, you know, how he, he wants to use me. Um, and so sometimes you got to do a little bit more full court press. And other times you just got to drop back in the zone and wait, you know, play half court defense. You know, that's just, that's just what you got to do. So it, 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 but the Holy Spirit will tell you, he'll lead. And however you guide and convert, however it's the conversation is guided, the Lord will have his way if you're open. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to, what, what, again, I always go back to, what am I supposed to say here? What do you mm -hmm. want me to say here? Yep. And, just, and just stopping in that moment, because there may be something and it may go in a totally different direction than I even anticipated, but I just wanted to be obedient. And I think that's perfect. Can you do that? All right. Jesus, he did, we walked through. He wasn't discriminatory. You found him with everybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. Unlikely candidate. As say, right? And that's how, honestly, those are the ones in the times where individuals feel welcome to 
or entice, it's enticing to know who Christ is. When people like you and me who aren't trying to Bible beat or shove things down, they just watch us, right? I always quote Coach Chris Kreider at Georgia State uh, University Men's Basketball. And he's so meek and he says, you know, people always ask me, what's different about me? And he said, and my thing is, I'm not going to Bible beat. And he's just as meek when he says it. And he says, but then when people ask me that, he said, that's that green light. That's how I know God's saying, that's your time to get them. Pull them in now. Because people say, Chelsea, you just seem like nothing ever bothers you. You just seem like nothing ever happens. It's not true. But I know that when something happens, I'm going to show you why I'm so calm. I'm going to show you who has me. When, why I'm so calm in the storm, I'm going to show you why. Come on, let me help you. I'm not going to, I will beat you. I'm not going to throw things at you. I'm going to show you why. And just like that modeling that we're talking about, that's what gets people there. Not the anxious and throwing at you and forcing it. That runs people away in any aspect, not just crazy in anything. You you force me. I'm like, nah, why are you forcing? Right. <laughs> when there was somebody trying to sell you something, wait, what's the catch? Why you yeah. <laughs> right? I'm not trying yeah. to sell you price. I'm just trying to show you why. And when you do and how we make this thing look good, you're going to want it yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as we begin to close this thing up, Right, because Deaconess, you know, Green, you you going in. I'm going in, but I got to go pick up the-, the, the That's the right. We gonna, you got to get the littles, right? So we got to get out of here because, look, we got to model how we go get them on time. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, of course, there are, of course, two questions. We got to give you. They're very quick to okay. you in the servant leader group, okay? you be enshrined in this Hall of Fame to keep this thing going. The first one is, of course, naturally, my God is devotion, okay? I go through this. It's another thing to just to keep me grounded. We know what God is. He's so many things, but often in the school we forget. So God is, if I drew it behind you, God is blank. He can be all of these things. You don't get numerous. You only get one. If I asked you, servant leader Tiffany Green, God is what? What would you say? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is love. Come on, I wish man. I could model his love even more than I feel like um, I do now. I do. Um, because there's still very much parts and pieces <clears throat> that um, were quite imperfect. <laughs> and um, I wish I could be, like, be, not he's not a person, clearly, but I wish I could be that big person to, like, show love, share love, and always extend love, even when it isn't convenient, even oh, when it doesn't feel good and it hurts, and still that's love. The time. That's the time. Mm. that right there he loved me even in my mess oh yeah Ooh. Mm. i be like why? i i ask all the time be like why you mess with me like why you love me like this like i'm, I'm so unworthy i'm so unworthy why you put up with me but you love me anyhow but you love me anyhow it's amazing it it's is amazing. and then of me. course this is the servant leader coaches bible study I mean, come on, what servant leadership is at the forefront, the middle, all around, all up and through the what yeah. we serving and leading like Christ. If I were to ask you, servant leader Tiffany Green, what servant leadership, two words, what does it mean to you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it goes back to quite honestly, modeling in motion. Yeah. Modeling in motion. Oh, right. Man. So humbling yourself and living uh, or walking um, in a way that um, reminds people 
that it is not about you. Come on. That is just it's just it's just not about you. But that if you can, you know how we always talk. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna just say it like this. People are always like, oh wow, you're you know you inspiration to you know my daughter or you mean so much and there's black girl magic all that, but you know you can see her you can be her type of thing. Well, I mean I feel, I feel like that's the same thing within you know Christians mm-hmm. and within our walk, right? So yeah, um, we can be that. We can try to be Christ-like. We'll never get there, but we could certainly feel like that's an aspirational goal. Sure. Yeah. Well, we thank you. We do. Now she got to go get the littles now. Okay. We can't tell yeah. <laughs> women and we leave our kids. Okay. We can't do that. <laughs> but I truly do. I truly do want to thank you for your time. I know that time is one of those, not a high quality commodity that comes around a lot with you, but I thank you so much just for empowering us and taking the time to talk to us to push this agenda forward of serving and leading like Christ. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I enjoyed the conversation. For sure. Before you go, it's going to be quick, but we got to cover you. So bow your head. Thank you, Lord. Right now, we don't rush you, but we do understand, Lord God, that you've given us roles. And I thank you right now for this roles. I ask right now that you just touch Tiffany in every aspect of her life as a wife, as a mother, as an ESPN professional, as a woman of God. I ask that you touch every servant leader at their point of need. But most of all, Christ, I ask right now that as we move through this month, as we move through this year, as we move through the remainder of our walks that you give us, you help us to be lights so that those that may not can find you. And yes, in Jesus' name, we'll always pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that covering in prayer. I got you. We yeah. thank you for listening. <laughs> we'll see you all next time. <laughs> okay, everybody.